to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I am Roma Press Editor John Solano. Before I bring Andy on to discuss the horrific scenes that we saw in the latest installment of the Derby della Capitale, I wanted to just make a couple of notes. If you didn't hear the uh, Derby preview episode, I just wanted to remind everybody the new URL for romapress.us is now romapress.net. Now, we are keeping romapress.us, and it will redirect to the .net, but we were having... We have a lot of people who either do romapress.com or romapress.net since .com is not available. I chose the .net just to make it easier. It's a much more common URL ending as opposed to the .us, so uh, just keep that in mind if... uh, in the next month or two, whenever our uh, domain um, for the .us expires, just remember we're at .net from now on. And I'm hoping that this uh, this episode is a bit cathartic for all of you. I know it's very, very depressing to lose against Lazio, and I know it's even more so when you lose in that fashion. Just embarrassing, putrid display. It was not good, not good at all. So I'll bring Andy on in a moment here to discuss that match. But first, I have to remind you of our newest partner at www.romapress.co.uk. Again, that's www.romapress.co.uk, which is our new betting partner. They are providing the absolute best football betting tips, 90% accuracy this past weekend. 100% accuracy in the Dutch League, 80% in the Premier League, Serie A, Bundesliga. It is the absolute best football betting tip information that you are going to get. I know a lot of you like to place wagers on various matches throughout Europe just to keep it a bit more interesting. If you're doing that, seriously, for the price of a coffee per week, you can get the best football betting tips and you can do that by going to romapress.co.uk if you're getting tips from elsewhere please consider getting them from there Um, you you support the show by doing so and again the accuracy is impeccable 90 percent accuracy you absolutely cannot go wrong so start winning more bets start winning more money by going to www.romapress.co.uk Again, that's www.aromapress.co.uk. I also have to mention our other sponsor, Euro Fantasy League, the best online fantasy football platform. You can play the Premier League, City A games, Champions League games. They have a variety of games. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. You can also read a variety of exclusive uh, content from a variety of of writers throughout the various leagues in Europe. They have a ton of content. If you just go to Euro Fantasy League, you'll see it right on their homepage. They have City A content, Premier League, Champions League, a lot of good stuff in there with a ton of good reading. So again, EuroFantasyLeague.com. And a reminder, www.aromapress.co.uk to start winning more bets. Now, let's bring Andy on. As I said, I'm, I'm hoping this is a bit of a cathartic episode because, I again, I know when Roma lose in such a fashion, it can really, really bring you down, and we're no different. (laughs) So um, hopefully you enjoy this one. Thank you so much for listening, and I will bring Andy on now to discuss uh, Lazio 3, Roma 0. 
All right, and we're back, everybody. It's another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. So, Andy, I I always say I don't know where to start, but I really have no idea where to start with this one. First, I want to start out, we can go in reverse order, so everybody knows what happened yesterday. But the news has come out from a variety of people, Sky Sport, and our good friend Phil Biafora, that Di Francesco essentially has the match against Porto, to save himself. That, to me, is a little odd because I got to be honest with you, if, if if it was just this match that mattered for him, why wasn't he sacked two months ago? Uh, I wish I could answer that. Um, also, the, 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 the thing that really made me feel uncomfortable about yesterday was what happened after the game, meaning the uh, the two hour meeting that took place, with, mm. and and apparently, uh, you know, as you as you reported, uh, 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 the question of a retiro um, was brought up, but for the fourth time this for, season, for, the fo- that would have been the fourth. Yes, and again, for maybe for the listeners that don't know what retiro means, is basically it's like a form of punishment where players just stay at Trigoria and don't go home and they train and they just stay together with the coach at the training facility and that's it. That's cons- and, and also that is something that happens extremely rarely uh, and it's considered to be only uh, in extreme cases. Uh, so the fact that Roma are considering this for the fourth time this year, it's alarming. Extremely alarming. And I was told, I didn't, I didn't report this, but, uh, Palota, Zeka, they're, they're both currently in Boston. There is a, uh, everyone in the football world knows about this, but there's a very big, uh, the Sloan MIT conference for anyone involved with football statistics, um, analytics, this is the place to be, and Palota is a speaker there. And I was told he was involved in yesterday's long meeting. And so the Roma's press officer, he'll he'll say some things to us, and a variety of us asked him what what happened, and he basically just played it off, saying it's normal that directors take stock after a result like this, but. Our good friend, again, uh, Mr. Biafora, he's, he said he's never seen a meeting that long after such a result. And I have to say, I, I'm just entirely confused that yesterday is what broke the camel's back. And also, and, it wasn't and also, the 7-1 against Fiorentino. Yeah, and also the fact that this meeting did not include the coach, you know, um, and, and, and yes. Filippo uh, said that it was because he was busy with the journalists. But I wonder if it had been at another time, would that meeting have included him? I don't know. I'm. This is a very tricky situation. The whole thing that uh, Souza uh, is also waiting is also waiting because he has an offer from Bordeaux, uh, and, and apparently it's been reported that he'll be at the stadium in 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 Porto. <laughs> it's it just it, it seems surreal, and it seems surreal that it's coming at a time like this because. As you said, there is literally no difference between this Roma right now and and the Roma from two months ago. Uh, maybe because they got scared because they thought that third place was in reach and even fourth place was in reach and, and 
we dropped a crucial game. Maybe that's why I, I really can't explain this uh, this just odd situation. It's extremely odd, and I don't know about you, but just in general, I mean, it, it's not like Paulo Souza is a name that instills a lot a lot of confidence. I mean, if anybody who watched this Fiorentina, I mean, they were unpredictable. It's not like they were very, unpredictable. It's they weren't exactly inspiring at times. I mean, frankly, he reminds me of a Portuguese uh, Rudy Garcia almost. Just you don't know what you're going to get. The attacking football is very bland. And to me, this doing this now, I, I, I for the life of me, cannot understand the thinking behind this. This should have been done during the holidays. Yes, but again, you know, that exactly. That's the thing. I think that... It, it, the fact that inter inter drop points and Milan got ahead and and it was just the ex- expectation was to win this derby and find yourself in a comfortable position and I think this derby was a, just a massive loss uh, but 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 it seems like the the management um, considered it you know maybe the tipping point so I think that their their train of thought is if you if you get bounced out of the Champions League, which is the only competition you're in, and it's the only uh, chance for you to bring some prestige to this season, then you're out of here. And um, but again, I just think that there's been for the past two months there's been this feeling that you know what Di Francesco is leaving after this season, and Monchi is most likely leaving with him. That's what. The situation seems like, and so I just don't think that, that this is the ideal, uh, uh, you know, climate or atmosphere for this team right now to to play these last vital uh, uh, months of football. I agree, and you know, for everybody who wants Di Francesco out, which I agree with, I, I don't like when players sort of talk out their ass after matches. I think I'm pretty transparent on my feelings about that, but. Terassi was right in the sense when he said, it's not over yet. Now, the area in which they've completely fucked themselves, in my opinion, is it was essentially Roma and Milan, and now Lazio, if they win their match in hand against Udinese, I mean, they're in this race now too. So now it's it's Roma, Inter, Lazio for that final Champions League place, and I don't know which of those three you would take. I, I, I don't know where Roma falls in that pecking order. But there's a couple of other things. So the people who want Roma to lose against Porto just to see Di Francesco sacked, I'm sorry. I, I, I just can't agree with that. I can't get on board with that at all. That's Yeah, that's to me, it's um, that doesn't make sense. But, um, and you know, it, 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 for me, the what... Probably the worst part of this is that we have to keep in mind Roma are have lost all their kind of direct um, uh, matches, meaning they now lost to Lazio. So if, for example, Lazio have the same amount of points as us at the end of the season, they go ahead of us. Uh, if Milan uh, get the same amount of points as us, they get ahead of us, and 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 uh, same with Inter. We have to still have to play a game against them, but Roma are just putting themselves in a position where even if they happen to reach the objective, 
they will just need to do so much more um, than expected. And this is not a team that seems to exceed expectations. So I think that's the worst part is that they're just digging themselves uh, a grave that will be too deep to uh, come back out of. Yeah, I don't know about you. Um, well, I saw your tweet yesterday about how you said pretty much everybody yeah. is responsible, which I wholeheartedly agree with. Uh, yesterday was the first time I felt like they won't make the Champions League. I was pretty confident, especially had they yeah, won yesterday, yeah. that they would have, without question, finished in the top four. But I have to say, um, yeah, after that match, I, I I felt pretty empty and... I don't know how anybody could have watched that display and it felt even an ounce of positivity or an ounce of hope in the sense that they can finish in the top four. I mean, we could point to a lot of things. I'll let you just rattle off your top three, four, five of what <laughs> you hated about yesterday. I mean, just that overall performance was dreadful. I mean, there was but, nothing but, good. But, you nothing. know, again, it's like, first of all, this was a derby. Okay, it was a derby. It was promoted like a derby for I, I also tweeted this out in Italian with a lot of swear words, but uh, this was a derby and, and for a whole week they basically pumped this up as you know the match of the season and they brought up old photos, they give gave interviews to players, they you know whatever the, 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 the Francesco said, you know, we have to be, uh, you know, we have to make the fans proud. Even Zeman happened to be on the training facility, and he took a, a photo with the coach. And it was just built up, and 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 then Inter dropped points, and so there is that. You also have that additional motivation to to go out there and and you know make yourself uh, uh you know look dominant and finally able to um, maybe get fourth place. And instead, they play a game. The way they played against Frosinone, against Bologna, um, they just play with no heart, uh, no will to to just you know go out there, grab the vital three points, and, <laughs> and the fact that it was a derby and that they the display that that they showed us was the way it was, it's just so much more depressing because it shows a team that really has no no heart and and um, a coach that doesn't know how to transmit uh, this. The right amount of motivation. I mean, at the end of the day, of the, at the end of the game, he said he actually said we didn't have the right motivation. Okay, like yeah. you know, like back the fuck up. This is a derby. This is not you know. This is not a, a a friendly. This is a derby. What kind of motivation do you need to play a derby? A derby is a derby. You know, um, uh, no matter who who you have at your disposal, if it's you know bench warmers or youngsters, whatever, you'll go out there and, and play a decent game. Instead, we got nothing of that. Um, we may we we Lazio didn't even play good. They just played basic football. And 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 no. it wasn't something like you know they they put up a great performance. They just played a good game while we played a terrible game, and that was the only difference. I just we could have won it had we just stepped on the field. And instead, it was like you know what we're just going to do the fans a favor and see what happens. I was uh, in one of my WhatsApp group chats. I I don't know how you feel about this, but for me. This is one of the most unlikable Roma teams I can ever remember. Um, I thought the one from 2014, 2015 was very unlikable. 
because they were not even remotely motivated. That was the year where they were like 20 points behind Juve, but they still finished second somehow. Um, I mean, for me, this team just lacks characters. And I don't think anybody embodies that more than Federico Fazio. I don't even know what that was. I don't know. You know, I, I feel like there, there's that very famous um, clip of Bill O'Reilly where he's freaking out. And then at the end, he goes, fuck it, we'll do it live. Um, he keeps seeing on the teleprompter, I don't know what that is. I don't know where that's from. That's how I feel like when I see Fazio on the, on the pitch. Um, I don't know what he is. I don't know where he's from. I don't know and, what and he the does most important well. Thing is, the most important thing is who is he bribing for him to be able to play as a starting center back uh, in these last few games, because uh, you know, one can argue, you know, that uh, De Francesco is making the wrong choices, but at the end of the day, I have to give Monchi some shit because uh, the fact that listen, you 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 sold Allison, that's fine. You sold him. You sold a phenomenal goalkeeper, and you're planning to get. Olsen in. You're planning to sign a, 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 a goalkeeper that has had a, 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 a nice World Cup and is okay. He's just he's never proven himself at you know at a, a higher stages of football. He never played in a league that you know was deemed uh, respectable. Um, so you're taking a chance with that. Now, what was the weakest link in last in the la, in last year's team? was the defense it was it was the defense and and the fact that you know you're investing okay in a in an average goalkeeper but you're keeping the defense the same is what truly baffles me and the fact that it seems like di francesco didn't even want i mean i don't know what goes on behind the scenes but why why was not why was has, was why was this defense kept the same if it was just just as horrid last year. It's just that last year you had uh, Superman in goal and a guy who was basically giving you uh, 15 points in a whole year and, and was saving mm-hmm. your ass countless times. And it, it just, what goes on behind the scenes? Like, who picked this team? Who worked with who? I, I really don't understand the fact that, for example, Monchi seems to be so attached to Di Francesco and yet has failed to um, to deliver him players that play the way he wants to play his football. Uh, the fact that Di Francesco clearly requested players in the January transfer market and then then didn't get any, uh, you know, it's this is just a weird situation. It's a team that is not built to succeed. It's a, it's a team that was just seems to be picked. On a, on a on a singular basis we're just going to pick a bunch of players and see what happens if we put them together yeah i i think it is unforgivable that he didn't close the operation for uh, vita in january because that was i didn't really talk about it on here but it i mean the 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 operation was signed sealed delivered Roma didn't end up going through with it. I don't know why. I never got any explanation as to that. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a player play so poorly yet continue to be trotted out there on the pitch. I, I, I mean, truly. I mean, you would think Di Francesco, just by way of, of 
trying something different, why not throw Derossi at the back? Why not try Marcano? Why I I just the record or you you know you're 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 clearly trying to fit a square peg in a round hole and it's not working, and it's baffling to me that he continues to go out there. And you men- mentioned Olsen. There was a, uh, I, I have to bring this up because earlier in the week there was a sponsored post on the website. It was pretty much singing the praises of Olsen and people thought I wrote that. I didn't, <laughs> that, but I had to make it clear. I, yeah, it basically said Olsen has some consistency yeah. or is nearing the level of consistency that Alison had. No. I promise I did not write that because I know that's not true, but um, truly <laughs> in this um, American Roma, I think the only goalkeeper who is worse than Olsen is Goicochea. Um, I mean, he is, I have never seen a goalkeeper concede goals where he gets two hands on the ball as much as Olsen. It's true. <laughs> it's and, the weirdest and then, thing I've ever seen. Again, in, perhaps in a, uh, in a matter of tweaks, we'll be talking about another brilliant performance of his, uh, you know, where he looked like Superman. And, and it just, we've talked about this, but I think that as as bad as Olsen has been, as average as he is, because he's average, he doesn't have a high ceiling. You know, Savorani can do uh, wonders with, uh, with the goalkeepers, but he's not going to do wonders with Olsen. Olsen is, you know, is at a certain age where he's not going to, become a different goalkeeper um, no matter what so the fact that you know we let uh, the defense stay the same we took a chance on aged veterans like Fazio who came from a, a world cup with the, where they did not excel uh, you know at a stage in their life where they really don't have any sort of motivation to uh, you know present themselves as, as reliable center backs uh, then you have Juan Jesus who you know, I love him dearly, but he's never been the guy. And then, you know, taking a chance on another veteran that you you get for free from Porto, to me, that's baffling. The fact that you have a, a, one of the strongest center backs in the league in Manolas, and you don't decide to splash some money on on a dis, on a decent uh, teammate that will uh, be and play alongside him. I mean, seriously, I would be happy with, for example, a guy like like uh, Nkulu uh, from Torino. I th- I think mm. I think that would be a great addition because mm. it really doesn't take much to improve this defense. Yeah, and you know, it seems you know I, I feel like when we come on here and we criticize some people, we have a lot of people who will tweet both you and I and say, "Oh, we're unfair." And that's happened a lot with Fazio and then Florenzi. But I have to say, they were by far the, along with Olsen, I thought they were the three worst performers yesterday. I, I, you know, I, people think that when we criticize someone, it's personal and we don't like him for some reason. And I, I just, I never understood that. But I don't hate Florenzi. I don't hate Fazio. But truly, I watched Florenzi yesterday. And I thought to myself, this guy as a footballer is absolutely finished. He's finished. 
Yeah, it does because again, he's one of those players. He doesn't have a, a ceiling. People were saying, "Oh, wait for him. He he has a lot of potential." And it was what a year ago. I see. I still keep seeing these Premier League fans. I'm sorry if maybe are not. Maybe I'm generalizing, but I see a lot of just foreign accounts that don't necessarily follow Serie A. That uh, when they make top lists of, of fullbacks <laughs> in the world, they always put Florenzi in there. He was, he was ahead, of, know, he was that, ahead of uh, Byron Kimmich. So that was... Yeah. Is that is 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 that because of his goal against Bar- Barcelona? Because uh, that was a fluke goal. And, 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 and Florenzi's entire last, what, two, three years have been a fluke. And the fact that he's been given these chances time and time again as a starting uh, fullback. Again, they speak volumes of the coach, but they also speak volumes of the of the people that decide who to buy because the fact that you're not identifying Florenzi uh, as, a, as an issue uh, just you know, makes you look weak. The fact that you cannot see and cannot you know, truly identify that the, the one of the weakest links in the defense is this fullback that is not capable of doing anything is inexcusable. And I'm, that's why I'm also wondering, Karsdorp, when he was bought, was was he bought in order to be Florenzi's substitute or was he bought in order to come in and play as the starting fullback? Um, again, it's just we don't hate Florenzi, but... He's one of our weakest link, and and uh, right now I I watch a lot of Serie A recently, and I I have a hard time putting him in the roster of any of the first eight, nine, ten teams in Serie A. I think that's absolutely the case. I again, I I think his career is completely different. Has he had he remained a midfielder? But to me, he's at the point of everything that could have been and. I think he's well past getting back to the level that he was at. You mentioned it earlier, though, and I have to tell you, everything Di Francesco said after the match, it takes a lot to get under my skin. I was infuriated. Um, even when he said, I thought we reacted well throughout the second half and we could have equalized, which is it's actually half true. Had Pastore buried that chance obviously it's a completely different game but you just said it a little bit ago why can't this guy just say listen I got it wrong I should have done something different uh our tactics were wrong our approach was wrong I couldn't motivate them this guy finds every excuse to just avoid the blame because because he clearly knows that he's not going to be blamed. I mean, how many times? I mean, do you remember any sort of criticism uh, regarding Di Francesco after the seven to one loss uh, to Fiorentina? Because I don't. I remember uh, uh, players that were being criticized. I remember Palotta being deemed, you know, as a failure as an owner, and his time supposedly to be over, and Monchi uh, that he needs to get out. But I don't remember. Uh, from the media, especially a uh, criticism on on Di Francesco, it seems like he's just the victim of all these situations of a market gone wrong, of a, of an owner that doesn't want to support him by being there, you know, whatever. Um, and the guy makes a lot of wrong choices, and the fact that he cannot admit uh, in these crucial moments that he's made 
a lot of mistakes again speaks volumes of him both as a person and a coach and you know i think one of the these the worst decisions right now that he's making and seems to be intent on making is putting zagnolo as a winger mm. uh, i don't know if people have realized that zagnolo hasn't been good in these last three games yeah, he and struggled. Uh, when when deployed as a winger because you're basically telling a guy who's already uh young and you know he's got a lot of things going on for him and he gets tired real fast and even as a trequartista and now you're putting him on the wing and telling him to cover basically 10 times the the the, the ground he usually covers and that's what that's not what he does and, and and instead, you know, instead of identifying again this issue and maybe, you know, putting Clivert on, giving Clivert another chance, he's just putting this kid out there far out of his position. And, and again, this team breaks down because it doesn't have, you know, a cons- I don't think there has been one single time where we feel that the same starting lineup this whole season. There is no... This team has no identity. They don't know how to function with each other because they never, they rarely play together. It's like one time it's in Zonzi in the middle, another time it's in Zonzi and De Rossi, and maybe on the wing it's Elsha, maybe it's Perotti with Sheik. You know, who knows? But it's always different. And this is, this is again, this is on the coach, and this is again on someone who built this team, and uh, it, it just doesn't work. And we're in big trouble if if we we still cannot identify and and bring some consistency because right now you need it you need it if you want to make the the big leap you need consistency so do you think soza changes anything because i have serious doubts <laughs> i mean look when i don't i i don't know I, I if you ask me right now i don't think so but then there is this side of me that looks at what Manchester United have been doing with Mourinho gone, and they don't really bring in a, 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 this uh, expert coach. And somehow they're doing excellent, and they've picked up steam, and they have. So there is this tempting side. Uh, but on the other hand, I know who Souza is. I know what he does. I know what he brings to the table. So. As a fan, right now, I'll tell you no. It's it's terrifying this situation. It's it's just daunting because had the result gone the other, it, it just seems like the varying degrees of had they won versus had, had obviously they lost. Just the 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 weight and difference between the two is just absolutely enormous. I think it's a completely different season. I think it's a completely different mood, completely different outlook. Had they actually won, because they would have been level with points with Inter, and just the environment would have been completely different. Now, I mean, you're giving your manager one match to essentially save his job, and I will be completely honest with you. Do you have any confidence that they can win? Because I have zero. (laughs) No, no. After this game, I don't have any confidence. I, I saw this defense. I know what Porto are going to be like. I know that they are going to uh, go out there bloodthirsty. And I'm just terrified, to be honest. I'm terrified to see yet another humiliation, uh, yet another team that doesn't really want it. Um, 
because at the end of the day, this team has had so many times the, the, the chance to to make a difference, to just do the, the the next step, and they always took tech, two step backwards, and it just seems that we're you know doomed for failure in this game. Yeah, that's the feeling I'm yeah. getting. It's just entirely negative. And I mean, what do you even do at the back? I mean, he can't possibly trot Fazio out there again, right? Well, I, I just... Fazio, Fazio is not playing against Empoli, so there's this part of me that is terrified of see having to watch him play in the Champions League. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the names you know? that will be <laughs> missing against Empoli, I mean, Kolonov is out. Jeko uh, will be out. Fazio is out. I mean, this is this and is you know entirely what? terrifying. To tell to tell you the truth, against Empoli, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. I don't want to see the same squad from the Derby. I don't. I I don't. I want to mix things up, and I want to see uh, players that you know want to want to give something to the team. And um, but yeah, if I have to see Fazio against this Porto attack. Uh, because they're going to come out guns blazing, wanting to turn the things around. And you know who we are this season. We just sit back and let every single team come at us. And be it Frosinone or Juve, that's who we are. Mm. Now, before we go, where are you at with Munchie? Are, are, you, are you certain now that he will leave? Would you be happy if he left? No, I, first of all, I wouldn't be happy if he left. I, I think he's going to leave because I just, it seems like he's just uh, understood that this is not, uh, this hasn't worked out. And, you know, the coach is not the coach that he likes so much and he has a relationship with is most likely not going to be here next season. So it just, it, it seems like the circumstances are not, ideal for him and you know as a fan you can think whatever of that you can think of him as a weak or a coward or whatever but i i think it's um it's just disappointing because i think he's a very talented professional and and he started the thing here he brought in a lot of young players and and i think the intentions were right and the plan was right but the execution failed and I, I just would have liked him to 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 stay here for a couple of years and, and perhaps learn from his mistakes because we've seen Sabatini uh, stay here for seven years and God knows we've people seen forget some, his first two seasons. I mean, his first we, two markets. Seen, you want to look at disaster? Some, go look at those. Yeah, we've seen some terrible markets with with Sabatini, and the guy stayed for seven years. So. There is this thing. I, uh, it seems like you know. It just. It seems like the we pick on the outsider, and the outsider in this case is Monchi. A lot of people make fun of him because you know he he made all this big noise about winning those Europa leagues, and and, and you know he got a book out and whatever the method of Monchi. But I just think he started here something, and why should you leave it? right now right when it's just at the beginning you know see see you know just stay and see what comes of it and maybe improve but i don't know i think we never learn and we we jump to conclusions and uh, i don't know i i wish things were different 
So do I. And not to be holier than thou, because I get on social media, it, it's easy to, uh, you know, take some jabs and have some fun. But the whole Mongo thing just bothers me. And it's, I don't know. I mean, you can insult the guy, but come on. I, I think that's a bit too harsh and a bit much. Um, now, granted, it's social media. I shouldn't be looking to Twitter for um, having the highest standards of uh, civility, but I still think that it, it just feels like in the atmosphere that this just isn't what he signed up for. I, I truly think and, and that again, the I, I feeling mean, he has is just overwhelmed. Yeah, and also, you know, th- th- again, I'm, I'm, I'm just... I don't know why I have to bring this up. This is not a winning club, okay? This this is a team, this is a club that has never won, uh, has never been known for winning consistently. Uh, yes, Roma have been at the top uh, a couple of times. They've had 87 points, what, two years ago? And people like this narrative of Monchi coming in and tearing the team apart. But I think... I think I remember distinctly everybody uh, after that year with Spalletti saying, you know, bring the tear this team down, you know, change something, change things around, bring in a fresh, bring in fresh blood, you know, whatever. And, and right now people are complaining about it that things have changed too much. I just think you need to find the right balance. And Roma have never been in a hurry to win things. Why should we be in a hurry now? I mean. We've won a Scudetto uh, 18 years ago, um, <laughs> and before that, we won it even way, way back. So, it's I think for things to change, you just need some balance. And and uh, we like to talk about the ambiente, you know, the the working conditions at Rome and or with the fans and whatnot. But to me, that truly exists because there we never give enough time for things to grow and. If people read that interview with Palotta, which I think was a great interview, and I, I just think it shows how much he truly cares about the club, even though people give him shit because he lives in Boston or whatever. Um, I think he knows what he's doing uh, under everything. You know, I've, after all these mistakes, maybe you know, not taking decisions too quickly or waiting too much, and. Um, I know. I think I, he knows what he's doing, and it seems like you know he, he he really wants things to change with the stadium. And Monchi also came here for that because there was this prospect of this team finally being able to have a stadium to be uh, just a new a new Roma. And why not stay and and perhaps see to that that it happens? Yeah. Um, God, this was a. <laughs> really depressing episode it's it, it's um i guess it's sort of i don't want to say par for the course it's a weird weird saying in this regard but it's just i don't know it, there's really no easy way to explain the situation that roma are currently in right now it, it's my biggest issue is there's still so many unknowns. I think anytime you're in a situation where you don't know one match to the next, if your manager is going to be there or not, I think that is one of the worst situations that you could be in. I think it's the same thing with your sporting director. And that's what the Roma are in right now. And the thing that is a bit more disappointing in all of it 
you don't have Palauta speaking. By the way, he hasn't talked to the media, anybody other than the that interview we referenced. He won't talk to any journalists for the last month. Um, you have Monchi, who isn't. I mean, these rumors have been out there about Arsenal for a month now, maybe a little more, and he hasn't said a word about it. You haven't heard him really backing Di Francesco either when he has the opportunity to do so. So I just think this mystery, this unknown, is really, really affecting everything. And it's difficult, in my opinion, to work and thrive in a situation like that. Yeah, and I think the, 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 the summary of it can be found in the fact that yesterday a meeting of two hours was held between different representatives of Roma, and we know Baldini is pulling strings from somewhere. I don't know where and why, because apparently he resigned uh, a few months ago, but uh, a meeting of two hours, and it ended with no decision being made. And I think that's the perfect summary of Roma in these last couple of years. Yeah, and again... The fact that they were even considering another Ritiro for the fourth time this season, I just, I mean, that's really, that that, that could be the summary of the season. Four, I, I mean, the prospect of, I mean, I don't even know if there's clubs in the relegation zone who have even had one. Meanwhile, Roma are, they've had three and they were on the brink of a fourth. They're not going to do it now, but I, I mean... What a what a shit show! I mean, this is an absolute just shit show. It's a dumpster fire. Yeah, and think about Di Francesco coaching next game, knowing that his perhaps uh, uh, replacement is sitting in the stands. <laughs> Very what a just an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll we'll leave it here. Hopefully, I mean. Uh, I, I thought that maybe giving this 24 hours to record would maybe... Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> I think it made things bit. worse. Yeah, I think it did make things worse because, again, we've had this news come out about Di Francesco essentially having one match to save his job, and now it's it's such a, a, a weird, awkward situation that now we're having to debate whether... I mean, honestly, we have people debating whether they even want to see Roma win, uh, which, to me, again, is not something I can get on board with, but, I mean, if you... If you hate Eusebio Di Francesco enough, I, I mean, maybe he's driven people to that point, which is quite an indictment on the season that you're willing to see the club that you support lose just to see the manager go away. But, so. you know, okay, if we want to end this on a positive note, the positive thing is that, as as our friend Austini has said, there is still things to play for. We are still in reach of our objective, which is the fourth place. We still can do it, but we need to figure out, you know, we, we need to figure things out really quickly and, and, and just play like a, like a club that knows what it wants. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Andy. It's um, There is no longer any margin for error for Roma, which is very terrifying because it's very evident that this that this team needs as much uh, rope, so to speak, as you can give them because they just make mistake after mistake after mistake. And as you just mentioned, there's still plenty to play for, but my goodness, they, they, I mean, they can't even put half a step wrong, let alone a full step. So 
as long as the hope is there, as long as the, the, the math, the old Italian adage that as long as the math doesn't condemn us, we'll, we'll continue to hope. And really that's all we have at this point for the champions league, because it's, um, the, the light is slowly starting to fade out and, and things are going to have to turn quick if, if Roma do plan on, on participating in the Champions League next season. So, um, everybody, we're going to leave it there. We will be back um, after the match against Porto to hopefully have a much livelier and positive and, yeah, just generally overall happy mood. I mean, I think we could all agree the last couple of days have been um, pretty negative with, with this team. And anytime you lose a, a, a derby in that fashion, I can understand how it just drags you down. It's depressing and it just sort of just eats at you and it's never a fun feeling. So hopefully against Porto, there's, uh, there's more to talk about. We're in a much better mood and, and we will keep our fingers crossed that they are able to progress to the uh, next stage of the Champions League. And before I sign off here, I, I have to make a quick mention of my good friend Ed, who you can find on Twitter at Forza27 underscore RS, who is one of the absolute best graphic designers out there. He's absolutely fantastic. And I have to thank him because he's been very helpful in designing our logo, getting it updated. And whenever I need him for anything, he is absolutely available. And he really is a huge supporter of the website, the podcast. Um, and he asks for absolutely nothing in return. He's a stand-up gentleman. And if you want to visit his work, please support him. Um, just because he's, again, been a huge, huge resource to me. You can go to Forza27.com. Again, that's Forza27.com to see his work and work from a variety of artists. They've put on absolutely sensational content on his website and i can't recommend it enough so uh again ed thank you so much you're always the best when it comes to this stuff and i i can't thank you enough so uh again hopefully we are in a much better mood next time you hear from us and we will keep our fingers crossed that aroma can progress to the next stage of the champions league so we will leave it there everybody and until next time ciao